Welcome to this week's Green Side Up. This is Richard Henschel with the University of Illinois Extension Office, and it's the middle of January, and I kind of have on an, on an annual basis since, since I've been doing these shows to start talking about home orchards because this is the time of year if you're shopping in the catalogs, coming in the mail, you're thinking about it, uh, what are you going to do, uh, where are you going to put them, all those kinds of considerations. What varieties, what flavors, so to speak, are you interested in? So I have uh, put together a three or four weeks worth of information on dwarf fruit trees. It's important to understand what you're buying so you know how to take care of it once it's in the ground in your, in your backyard. And I guess for starters, I'd like to say that seeing as apples are probably the hardiest of our fruit trees, they're the one that's probably going to be found most often in northern Illinois. That isn't to say that there aren't peaches, pears, apricots, and an assortment of things out there as well. But uh, in terms of just general overall hardiness, in terms of not only the plant hardiness, but flower bud hardiness, apples are the most hardy. So that's the one we're more likely to find um, available in any kind of abundance or quantity at the garden centers if you're going to buy it that way. Uh, if you're ordering it online, of course, or out of a catalog, you can, you know, the, 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 uh, the array is uh, mind-boggling. So one of the things I wanted to stress is the idea that a home orchardist, we really ought to talk about planting uh, dwarf fruit trees. And what causes that fruit tree to, to be dwarf can be a number of things. It can be a genetic influence that is something called a spur-type tree. This was a mod natural modification that occurred in nature. Uh, rather than have long secondary branches, these short, stubby little spurs developed instead. Uh, and that spur is where the apple uh, flower blossom is. And uh, there's a lot less pruning involved if you're growing a spur-type tree. They're usually because those annual bits of growth are very short and stubby. The, the, the tree is considerably smaller than the typical tree as well. So that's the genetic side of it. Again, it was a, a, a natural phenomena that, a, that an orchardist uh, grower found in his orchard nursery as he was growing fruit tree liners for sale, realized the benefits, and then propagated from it. And there are now just a number of varieties that have spur-type trees. That's a, that's a biggie. That's one you really want to consider putting in your home orchard. The other type of dwarfness is dwarfing rootstocks. And this is typically where they take a, a normal growing fruit tree and they will graft or bud it onto a dwarfing, slow-growing rootstock. Most often these are crab apples. So if, if the root system is not vigorous, the top of the tree cannot be vigorous. And that's another kind of uh, uh, dwarfing nature. So it's dwarfing rootstocks. We've got, in terms of those dwarfing-type Apple varieties, I know there's a dwarfness available in Empire, Red and Yellow Delicious, Macintosh, uh, Wine, uh, Wine Sap, uh, Early Blaze, um, and there are uh, many, many more that are, are of the standard or semi-dwarf nature that are available to us. Another item that you will see in the catalogs, I think, that is helpful as you read the descriptions, and one sounds more delicious than the other, just like in the vegetable catalogs. There's also another kind of dwarf that, uh, that we create. It's called double dwarf. That's where they would take a naturally occurring spur-type variety and graft or bud it onto a dwarfing rootstock. So you have two dwarfing influences going on. 
this is going to give probably the smallest fruit tree possible for your backyard. And I only really stress that this dwarfing characteristic because um, a normal-sized fruit tree can be quite large, and if you have the desire to have several, uh, you may not have really good space in your backyard for as many trees as you'd like, and that sets up another problem when they're first planted. It They look fine, but as they get older and larger, you run out of space for their canopies, disease management, getting in and around to prune and spray and harvest and thin yeah, becomes a difficult situation. So it's really kind of important that you consider the space you have and then talk about the or read about the varieties that fit that space that you really do have. So the double dwarfs are the uh, smallest tree you can grow and then you go to a uh, dwarfing rootstock and or a spur-type tree or some combination of that to get the, get the tree size you want. The other part of that is trees by variety have different maturity heights anyway. Even as a dwarf tree, you will see differences in their mature sizes. So take that into consideration as you plan for the space you've got uh, in, your, in your backyard. Um, I, I focused here on pretty much apples just now, but I want to let you know that there are also pear trees that are, can be grown or are grown on a dwarfing rootstock, and that, that's most helpful. Next time around, I'm going to talk about uh, training of the dwarf fruit trees and why it's so important and to encourage establishment, to encourage good fruiting early in your home orchard. So that's some things I will uh, get to next time with you. So this has been Richard Henschel with this week's Green Side Up program, and I'll be talking to everybody again next week.